Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast. Fantastic to have you here with me. Thank you for all the lovely comments I was sent after last week's episode, which seemed to resonate with so many of you. Today is a guest episode, and I'm really looking forward to my conversation with Dr. Narissa Chorvaduel Orr. Dr. Narissa is CEO and founder of Kogo Pay Group, a socially conscious UK fintech company that has offices in London, Bangkok, Vilnius and Dubai. Dr. Narissa has many years experience working both in academia and business. She's a qualified auditor and spent more than 20 years as a senior lecturer and finance director. Narissa won the Women in Tech Startup Award in 2019 and in 2021 won the Win Trade Global Award for Women in Banking and Finance. She is a mother of two teenagers, something we both have in common. In her spare time, Narissa volunteers helping orphanage homes on a mountain near the border between Thailand and Myanmar and the homeless in Tokyo. Thank you very much for coming on to the podcast, Narissa. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Hi, Leslie. It's nice to be here. And hello from Bangkok. I'm here (laughs) in Bangkok now, (laughs) talking to you, seven hours ahead of you. Look at that technology, the many wonders of technology. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests. What is your money story? My money story, maybe I would love to tell you about my background first, so you know who I am and where I came from. Uh, I'm Thai. I was born in Bangkok. Um, family of four. I'm the second child in the family. I was born in the middle class family. So I grown up with, um, no worry about money at all. So we got made at home. You know, in Asia, it's not too expensive to have made, uh, at home. And some of my friends, when we were young, they might take bus to school, but my mom dropped me to school. And um, so we went to the good schools, private schools, and we went to um, the best high school because my family focused on, you know, good education. So I went to the best, um, one of the best universities as well. And then when I finished my first degree in uh, auditing, accounting and auditing, I went to work for Coopers and Library, PwC. So I know that I have to start from a good 
um, company. So in the future, when I, I I plan to go study abroad, I went to study my master's degree in US in Ohio at university um, that is good at auditing. So I continue my career in auditing um, when I finished my my master's degree in US. So my my family could afford to send me study abroad, which is uh, probably. With five percent of the population. So when I finished my university, I went back to Thailand because I thought that you know I had more opportunity to do to to study. So I should give back to my 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 people in Thailand. So I went to to be a full time lecturer in Thailand for two years, and then um, I talked to my parents. So I want to uh, go to England to to do my PhD. So I went to to UK. I went to um, Imperial College first for first year. Uh, MPhil. So I spent one year in Imperial College, and then I went to London School of Economics (LSE) um, to do my PhD in compliance. My thesis about compliance in the bank. Um, money. Um, you know, I just want to tell you when I was young, when I was fifteen years old, uh, um, when I was in high school. Uh, money is, you know, so we, I didn't have to worry about money, but I I'm interested in something about business when I was in the high school when I'm 15 years old um, there there were friends about 8 to 10 people would say that oh we should do something we should do um, disco you know at that time disco <laughs> we, 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 we planned together 10 of us 8 to 10 of us I can't remember but with 8, eight students um, we, we we want to organize a, a party we, we sold a ticket um, about Five pounds, two hundred pounds. We said very expensive that time, <laughs> and then we said, okay, we're gonna go to. We we were going to rent um a hall and you know hire the DJ. You know, yeah. when you when you are a teenager, <laughs> it's all and, the things um, yeah, that you we, like. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then okay, and how many people drop out because they they didn't want you know, they didn't know what to do. And then if we make loss, what is gonna happen? Are we gonna get scored by told off by our parents? So at the end, three of us we did it. Two boys and me. So we, we we went ahead with that, and we eventually you know, we couldn't stay in the beginning, and and then um on the on the day we we had a party, we lots of people came. We couldn't talk everything everyone in, and then you we made two thousand pounds each. Imagine how many years ago. Wow. <laughs> That's the first time when I'm fifteen. Yeah. But I didn't think about money as you know we have to earn it, but we th- we thought about how to make the money, and we we donate some money to um you know poor people to. To charities as well. That's what I, uh, I, what I, I love to do. So when I came to UK and finished my PhD, um, I became, uh, I work as in the finance. I work as a CFO, uh, in a medium sized company. Um, and then, uh, I married my husband. I met him. He's a Malaysian Chinese. And the reason why we stay in the UK because he didn't want to stay in Bangkok. I didn't want to go to Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> so we are now okay. We have to say in England, we have two children. Um, okay. When my second child was born, I, my husband said that one of us have to, uh, work part time, not a full time. And he was willing to be her husband and work full time. Uh, he, he, he said, if you enjoy working, he didn't, he didn't mind. But I, I talked to him and said that, um, I should, I should work part time. So I decided to work part time and let him continue. He has also, um, work in the finance, like, um, FC, financial controller. So, uh, for us, you know, we were comfortable. Yeah. We, we, we didn't, we, I'm not saying that I'm very rich or, but we, we comfortable where, where we were before and where we are right now. Um, but my 
you know, my interest in money not about um, making money again. Um, we want to try to help people as well. And then after um, my son, my second son, um, in the he's with twelve when he's go to the secondary school. I have a time to so I I set up my own company. So a few years ago, I set up my own company, my fintech company. So I have time because I look after my children and they doing very, very well at school because I taught them myself. So I know that we gave them a good foundation. So now I can concentrate on my work while I like. So I set up my fintech company. I kept telling everyone that I'm interested in technology at that time. I'm interested in blockchain. And I want to know, want to find out um, how to use technology to help people. And my first vision is because when I study at LSC, when I walk to Halborn um, Station, I see I saw lots of homeless people. I always sat down and talk to them and understand what happened to them. So I always support the big issues. So when I study about blockchain, I want to see whether I can use mobile phone um, to donate the money to to them. You know how QR code payment, how about the blockchain? How I can use um, zero knowledge proof to get to give them some IDs. How can I donate to the orphanage homes in Thailand? I, I and my mom help fast and easy without going to the bank. So this is my interest. So my interest about money, as before, is making money but not for ourselves. Yeah. Um, to help people as well. That's the concept of the money for me. So every year since 2012, I, my mom, and my two children, we've been going to um to the area called Mesot. It's on the mountain, and it's on the border between Thailand and Myanmar. So every summer in August, except during the COVID-19, we we always there to help um orphanage children, so a few orphanage homes. So we're still doing that. That's the, the the concept of money, but sometimes I still um struggling about giving money <laughs> because um me and my husband um giving money for him he's like ten percent of you know revenue we should yeah. give but for me okay giving from heart <laughs> cheerfully <laughs> so sometimes we still struggle about hey, how much we should give um we should give from, from you know from heart from our heart rather than how many percentage. And another issue about money is when I'm running my own business, when I have to raise funds, it's very, very tough. I don't know um, your listeners are <laughs> female founders or not. Um, I'm not sure that they face the same problems that I have. Raising funds um, for female founders is not easy at all. It's very, very you... hard. Yeah, and very, very, you know, very imbalanced compared to... Uh, men trying to raise funds, yeah. absolutely. And you read the articles, is not encouraging at all. It's only 2% of the funds from the venture capital goes to uh, female founders and 98% go to uh, male founders. Most of the venture capital uh, companies that I talk to is all led by male partners or staff. And they always have the same questions, you know, like, okay, how are you going to make money and what's your profits and what's your revenues? And they always say that, oh, your project is interesting. When you make a few millions US dollars or a million pounds, we would like to talk to you more. <laughs> My goodness, you know, we are a startup. How could you make uh, a few millions 
in the beginning or yeah. how you make profits in the first few years. This is impossible. Absolutely. So I just, yeah. There's yeah. something that I, I also, um, don't understand and still struggle with, uh, how to, you know, how to solve this in equality, you know, gender, what do you call it, gender? Yeah. Inequalities. Yeah. Absolutely. Inequality. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really interesting. So I think, you know, a lot of people clearly know about the gender pay gap. What they don't know so much about is the gender funding cap and why it is a struggle for female founders to get the financial funding that they need. But what's clearly been demonstrated by you is that when you have the funds, the motivation isn't about creating more wealth for you. It's how you can support those people who are less able to help themselves. And it's interesting that, you know, women quite naturally are, you know, are more nurturing, tend to be the ones that, you know, give to charity, etc., support other people more frequently. But when it comes to running businesses, trying to get the financial support, it's not there for us. Yeah, so I'm not sure because of when I pitch or when I talk to the investors or venture capitals, I said that I would like to keep like 10% or some percentage of the profits in the future when we make the profits to uh, give it to social impact projects. This is what I want to do. Maybe if a male founder was saying that when we, we want to earn this profit and we <laughs> want to scale, <laughs> you know, like maybe, yeah. maybe, um, I'm not sure it's only me or other women's no. In businesses, no, it's, it's it's not it's not only you. In fact, there is a gentleman who I will introduce you to after the podcast, after this recording, who is very unusual in that his job, his business, is actually to support women founders to raise okay. money, and he is, you know, he, he is unusual because you wouldn't expect a man to be solely focused on female founders. But that absolutely is his focus. So I'll introduce the two of you oh, together. Thank you. We need more. We exactly. Need more. Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, I think the conversation the two of you could have, the area that you work in, and also the philosophy that you have in terms of giving back, supporting others who are not able to do so, that is something that strongly resonates with me and I know will strongly resonate with him as well. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. It'd be fantastic. And um, I don't know whether I mentioned to you before or Melanie mentioned to you, I was interviewed um, and on, in, the, in the book, what they call um, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee Books. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. then yeah, tell me more. <laughs> okay, um, the the is the, the articles in in the book is about paid forward. So I'm talking about um, my business in the future on my application mobile app. I want to encourage people, okay, to use my app to pay for their own food and drink in a restaurant or cafe. Yeah, and then pay another portion for someone else. And leave the sign of cocoa pay, you know, somewhere in a cafe or restaurants. And people who don't have money, see the sign will come in and ask for the food or drink that someone else already paid for them. So I want to encourage people to pay it forward. 
It's not a new concept because probably 15 years ago, I read about suspended coffee in New York and I said, oh, I love it. When I have my business, I would love to do the same. So I think someone read it and uh, contacted me and they wanted to interview me in uh, the Her Majesty book. So then um, after that, I got contacted by uh, someone the lot, but then Danit, not Danit. Um, he's a chairman of the uh, National Emergency Trust. So we would just talk about in the future, how can we use CocoPay, my company, to receive the fund? When people donate fast, and later on we can distribute to whoever or charity that need the money. And if you use blockchain technology, we have to think how. You know, there's a smart contract, so you can see where the money goes. So you don't have to worry about. You know, some you can hear about some people mis- misuse the fund yeah. for charity. So this is something that I'm so interested in because if I can help, not just you know to make money, but I can use my <clears throat> my business my business model or my the technology that we have to help um, charities to 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 run to you know to receive the money and also to pay it forward that I that doesn't link it to you know when exactly. someone interview me about pay it forward and have someone um, contact me and then so I can help more yeah and and that's what I love about what is happening <clears throat> today in terms of making it a lot easier for people to donate. And it's small amounts to begin with, but I know, you know, if I order, you know, a Domino's pizza in the UK, yeah. you can round up the amount that you're paying and it'll go to yeah. their charity of the month. I ordered something yesterday, like any other, that's right, tickets to an event. <laughs> and again, it gave me a choice. Do you want to donate 10%, 15%, 20%? And I think the fact that it's it's there, it's easy to do. Mm. It's not asking necessarily for huge amounts, but people yeah. are able to feel, well, if I'm having a pizza there's somebody who's going to benefit who who may be homeless, who may yeah. not have, you know, a, a bed for the night, may not have enough blankets, et cetera, et cetera. And I think making it easier to be able to do that kind of offering that kind of support, I think is is hopefully going to mean that there's going to be, you know, much more effect felt for all the charities because it's not just these big fundraising situations you know children in need is coming up in the UK you know we all remember Live Aid and Band Aid and you know all those different things so again the fact that you are making it so easy for people to be able to support others through your, would you call it a social enterprise, what you're doing? Um, I cannot say that we are pure, you know, fully social enterprise. We are the fintech that we yeah. focus on social impact projects that right. we help using our technology, our business to help them, yeah. to facilitate uh, them. And, you know, like if you come to Asia, we always use the QR code payment. If you go to the uh, the market, you cannot use you know you cannot use a card because they're too expensive for if you go to the market to for traders to hire or the the card machine. 
So in Asia, you go everywhere. You use the QR code payment. Just use your mobile phone and scan and pay. <laughs> so I want to see it happen in uh, in UK and Europe. It will take time, but hopefully it happen. Because of you know, in the future, you heard about CBDC, right? Yeah, central bank digital currencies. We are we it's not happening um, everywhere yet. Just certain country like China, Bahamas. But in the future, I'm sure it will happen. So we're gonna start, um, yeah, you know, using the QR code payment and start having the mobile wallet that you keep the money, digital money there. So I want to see it happen, and our technology will be is ready now. So when the CBDC is ready, you can use our QR code payment. That's something that I plan to for the future use. And it's easy, let's see. You can go to the market. You can hopefully you can when you see big issue vendors, you just bring your phone and you just scan QR code. The money go to their wallet. But I have to think about how can I do KYC for them because in my business you have to have license and the license is saying that you have to do KYC. No, you're a customer. They have to have ID. I cannot figure out. But do not arm the homeless. They don't have. I talk to them. They don't have the passport. And in England, we don't have ID. Yeah. <laughs> you have. I don't know how to. But I have to figure out. I, I have to find out how to help them. Maybe we use the eye list. <laughs> you know, some fingerprint or something. But we need to get uh, authorized by the probably FCA if you are in the UK. So this is something always in my mind. How can I help them? You know, not just, you know, uh, giving food, but I want to help them more. Yeah. This is something and in my passion. Absolutely. And I can, and I can see that and hear that in everything that you're saying. And what, what has it been about, you know, your life and your mums and how you brought up your children? What has created that motivation for you to help other people? Um, I think I've seen my parents in young. They always uh, help people, um, always donate money to help uh, charities like uh, orphanage children. So I've grown up in that environment. Um, my mom passed away almost two years now. Oh, so every year, thank you. But so I, because we live in the UK, I live in UK 26 years now. So every summer is a it's a very good time for me to bring my children to spend three generations to do something together. My mom, me, and my two children. Every year, so we've we done this almost for almost 10 years before my mom passed away. And it's a good memory for us. And I want to, I know in time I told my mom that I pass on, I try to translate in English. I pass on the seed I call love seed that my mom passes from her heart to my heart and I pass it on to my children. And I don't know what's going to happen to them, but um, I give them something that my mom gave me. So I hope and pray that it will be in them. So then in the future, there will be um, more, have compassion and you say hum, hum, humility, right? Or humanity. You know, to, to have a humanity to and humility, people. absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. To, to help people. So at least I I spend more time with them and I uh, I taught them something that my mom helped uh, taught me and so I pass it on to them. My pa- my father passed away um before I graduated from LSE about two thousand two. So my father uh, busy working, but he also uh, told us about Education is the most important, but I use it to the, for to, to for other people, not just for yourself. So this is something that I I got it from from them. They saying that education and, and and teaching is the most important to pass it on to me, not just the money. So I do the same. I told my husband 
if it got real, <laughs> if I exit my business and have money, so I will use the money to um my my dream is to become a full time missionary. I'm a short term missionary helping homeless in Japan. I told you before, <laughs> I've been in Japan with the OMA helping homeless, and I help the orphanage children on the mountain in Thailand near Myanmar. So I want to do that full time. So my investor knows, and my staff knows as well. And that clearly is important to you. You know, in, in setting up your business, you set it up with the end in mind, as opposed to just yeah, yeah, yeah. setting it up and seeing where it goes. You are you actually have been purposeful in setting it up to sell it in order to be able to enact upon actually where your real passion lies, and that is to become a missionary. And you know, that's very, very important because of um, fintech is very, very difficult. Fundraising, getting the license, keeping the license, working with the partners, like especially bank. If you ask every startup, fintech startup, oh, you know, everybody has I mean, struggle with finding the bank accounts. So all these, uh, let's see, you know how many times I want to give up? So many times, so many times. And then I, I still, um, going on, keeping, and perseveres <laughs> and never give up, even though I feel that I want to give up because of I just close my eye and I just um think of someone who I'm helping or help been helping in the past and I can help more. And I have a documentary I can send it to you. <laughs> um I did a documentary about eight years ago about the uh, orphanage children and I look, you know, watch the video again and I say I I can I can give up. It is something, if it was fighting for Leslie, you know, if it was fighting for, and you know that if you can do it, you can do more, you can help more people. That's helped me um, carry on what I'm doing. Otherwise, you know, if I'm just thinking about making money and, you know, buy uh, private debt, you know, if, if, you, if you look at someone, FTX, the crypto yeah. <laughs> exchange, <laughs> that have problem, uh, you know. Uh, in, in, you know, recently, you will see that it's not my dream to make money to buy a private jet. <laughs> if my dream like that, I gave up already many months ago. So I think it's something that I was fighting for. I just encourage, um, the listeners in the podcast. Um, you know, you, we, you, we always, um, uh, see, have the problem. Challenges come all the time <laughs> in doing business, but you have to fight. Um, the reason, the good reason why we having business or doing business, the mission, the vision that we have. If it's yeah. worth fighting for, if it's worth fighting for, like you have children, if you know it's all you have, someone that you love and they're not doing well, you will fight all the way right to make sure that um, they get better. It's the same like doing business. Is it worth to fight for or not? And that I think that's a really important message and, you know, something I return to frequently, you know, with my listeners and with my clients is that running a business, you know, isn't easy. Growing a business, <laughs> exactly, is very, very hard. And the only way to keep going is to keep reminding yourself as to why you started it in the first place and if you are truly emotionally connected to your why, all the hard stuff that comes along, you will find a way to make your way through it, to deal yeah. with it, to have a, 
to have a successful outcome or to find a way to navigate your way around whatever that block is going to be because actually the pain of going through it is actually far less than the disappointment in not being able to achieve the whole reason why you went through it in the first place. Yeah, I agree with you. And you you seem to be demonstrating very clearly, you know, you've you've chosen uh, an environment, you know, fintech, which, you know, which is which is not, we know it, it's not an easy space to be in, particularly as there's a lot of mistrust, a lot of misstories. So stories being told about it that, you know, that are not true. Being a female within that space as well. <laughs> And looking for funding too, you've clearly come up against several hurdles to manage along the way. So what what have you done? What tips and tricks have you put in place to navigate your way through those hurdles? Mm, as I said before, is this something that motivates you? Is something that motivates me? Is this some? You know, the, I just saw we look at the end. If we can exit the business, why can't do more with the money I can make, you know, to help people? Yeah. And the second one I recommended, um, I've been supported recently, um, during the, after the COVID-19, I mean, during the COVID-19 and after the COVID-19 by the UK government through the, the Mayor of London program. So now they support, you know, more, uh, women founders. It's a time for us now. <laughs> we have to seize the moment <laughs> we've been seen now. You know, we, people talk more. Don't you think, Leslie, during COVID-19 and then now, you know, the, the worst pandemic, I believe it's over. Yeah. So now we are recovering. Yeah. So people can they talk more about um, women founders. They talk more about BAMs. I'm the part of, because I'm Asia, Black. Asian and minorities. Yeah. So I've, I've been selected a few times to go to transmission trip. It helped me as well. In February, um, 2022, I was selected to go to, uh, the first transmission trip in UAE. And they chose, um, 12 companies, uh, fintech, uh, from London, fintech company from London. 11 went because one had COVID-19, unfortunately. And I was only the female founder. Wow, the only one out of 12 chosen, you were the only one. Yeah, but um, we did very well. I'm so proud of all of them. Yeah. And uh, we became very good friends, like brothers, my brothers. (laughs) Um, But that's opened the opportunity for me, Leslie. So we have to seize the moment that we've been recognized, we've been heard, (laughs) women founders. I I set up company now, Leslie. in September 2022, so we expanded in in UAE, yeah, which is so amazing. So we have, yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm all you know, very grateful to the UK government. So um, we have to find the help that we need to. I know that we have to engage ourselves uh, to whoever, like especially the the UK government or the organization that can support us. We we know that they've been seen and we've been heard now. They try to help us. Yeah. Even though it's not about fundraising, but it's about open the opportunity that we can go to expand in other countries when we're ready. This is um the the advice I give it to the female founders. 
if you have your community wherever you are, Manchester, Liverpool, Scotland, they would have the organization that can help. And I think what, what you've clearly demonstrated there as well, I think I'm right in saying, is the importance of visibility, of taking yeah. your moment in the spotlight and running to make another moment and another moment and actually not hiding away because it's difficult, because you're surrounded by men, because you're a, a lone voice amongst the norm that people expect to see in a fintech environment. Mm. And actually having that confidence or at least learning to have that confidence that actually having that spotlight is what you need in order to get your message out there. Yeah, and um, I want to add you uh, uh, to tell you a few more things about um, UAE. When I went with the UK government, like through the Mayor of London program in February, so I saw the opportunities because of a lot of um, migrants workers uh, working there, 80% of people living there are migrant workers. They could be my clients. And I have met a lot of intelligent people who's um, interested in the same thing that I'm interested in, blockchain, Web3, metaverse. So I believe that uh, setting up a company there would be um, good for us. So what I did, not just, aha, we want to go set up a company. What I did, I, I organized two free conferences about blockchain and financial inclusions, one in June 2022 and one in uh, September. So I invited um, very intelligent and well-known people in blockchain to come and give talk in my conference. A good one in the, the one and only the, the, the Royal Mirage, which is yeah. a very nice hotel. Lovely hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free and um, we want to show them. I think that we want to show you that we bring something, technology, and we want to find out how we work together, you know, about financial inclusion and blockchain. Um, people say that it's the first conference that we had um, in June 2012 about blockchain, not just blockchain, but financial inclusion, how we use technology to help people. So we did twice and we just want them to know that we will come here to give first and then we will try to see how we can help using our company how what the company as a company we can help instead of okay i'm gonna make money i'm gonna come and find customers so it's a different way that i approach um the way that i want to expand in gcc so i got um supported by uh very nice people and to to want to see how to uh support me to 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 expand um, in 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 UAE, so that's just, if you want to give first, sometimes in return um, you get something back. But I have to be like genuinely <laughs> what we want to, not just, okay. I don't have to do this. Um, you know, to, uh, you know, one thing that I talked to my PR, um, Melanie, uh, the thing that you know, like uh, you know how much I love, I have I have compassion about to help homeless people and orphanage children, but it's gonna hurt me so much if people think I'm doing this too because of, of I want to um, do PR for my company. Yeah. We have to do anything that is not it's gonna hurt me a lot if someone think of, I'm doing that because of uh, for my business. And I think it's because most people come from the position of thinking they're doing it for the money. And they're doing it 
to make themselves look good. You know, I've made all this money and I'm going to give away a small percentage, essentially. And I think people can be a little bit um, cynical when it comes to believing somebody's real motivation is to support other people. But I love the term you use there. And I don't know if I've ever heard it before, financial inclusion. And I, is oh, okay. that, I use it, it all the time. Yeah, but outside of you, is that a well-known term? I believe so. Like financial right. inclusion, I guess so. I always use it um, when I want to help people to include yeah. um, to to help the. And have you heard? I underserve, underrepresent, underrepresented. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I think you are so right that, you know, the, the way that technology has moved to, first of all, to substitute the way that we, we do things online. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it could be things like ordering food, booking holidays, paying bills, etc. A lot of people think about no longer being able to do this the normal way, you know, going to a shop. For example, at the time of recording, today, um, Tesco's released their Christmas slots. Um, mm-hmm. So you could have your, you know, your, your, onla- your online delivery ordered. But if you are not au okay with how your mobile phone works, how an app works, they've changed how they allow people to book those slots. Now, I'm relatively young, so fine, I, you know, I, I can make my yeah. way around technology. My parents, they would not have found that easy today, particularly when it said you are the 353rd, third thousandth person in that queue. That would have put my parents <laughs> off as, you know, as a senior generation. Yeah. So I think there's a lot spoken about in terms of leaving older people behind right right how can older people um not be left behind be excluded but there's actually less spoken about those people who quite simply not only can they not afford to have a mobile phone they haven't got an address by which to have an account in order to have a mobile phone etc and i think you know what you are doing is really hammering home the point that technology needs to be there to include everybody not not to find that certain parts of society are being excluded because the speed in which technology is advancing is not just leaving them behind because they don't understand it they don't have access to it either. Mm, yeah, agree with you. And I don't think actually until you know we have had this conversation today, I don't think I've actually thought about technology and fintech in particular, how we need to ensure that it, it is really including everybody who wants to be part of that, that financial inclusion message has got to be relevant to everybody and not just a relatively small minority. So what is next for you in what you're doing, Larissa? <laughs> well, as a time of recording, 
<laughs> I'm raising another 10 millions. We managed to raise 2 millions last year. So thanks God for that. Um, so I'm, I'm raising 10 millions and I want to expand and I want to, uh, integrate the blockchain wallet into my, my wallet. So we want to select some, uh, low risk digital asset to be in, uh, in the platform as well. Like, um, because Ethereum, <laughs> some, some of them are not, not, um, not a high risk that the user can have a chance to, you know, to have a chance to exchange and keep some tokens in um in the in our um, in our wallet, and I about to sign the contract at the time. I <laughs> hopefully when uh you broadcast this podcast, I sign a contract with a huge company in Thailand, a properties business that I can help them and to the customer can use my wallet to buy uh, properties and or get a mortgage and rent it out. And, uh, you know, that we have the project that we call, uh, bring people home. So we want to encourage people to, when they retire, they can come home and, you know, they can spend time in their hometown. And then before they retire, they can rent it out. So we want to help people to save the money instead of spending. And something that I want to encourage people to save the money through this program as well. And so I want say. to, and thank you. And I want to really, really work with the um, UK charities, the um, emergency trust, and see how can I help. I want to work with the um, maybe churches, temples to help them um, to get donation fast. Don't have to use the device. Just a QR code payment and get the payment. I would love to help uh, organizations like YWAM. Who help the young generation to go do uh, the missionary? You know, this is the I want to help them to move the funds fast using our platform. So I want to work with people um, and see where where we can help them. That's that's, that's, that's a plan, and um, I'm still working on my metaverse. <laughs> I'm always interested in technology. <laughs> um, I'm building my metaverse, but it need um, you know lots of money. So I started the the metaverse. Um, I want people to encourage women to join and enjoy. The web three is still work in progress. It's not, not ready, ready yet. So, but, um, encourage more girls and women to engage and motivate them to engage in learning, involve more in um, technology, study or, um, work or get training. Um, that's my dream as well to, to encourage and be the role model. I'm not saying that I'm very successful, but um, I've been recognized, um, very thankful for lots of people who support me. I'm being I recognized. Uh, sorry, carry yeah. on. Sorry. Thank you. Um, I'm at the time of recording. Tomorrow, I'm going to speak at the Bloomberg at the APEC, which is, um, I'm very grateful for all the support and people who invited me because it's in my hometown. This is this year in APEC have happened in Bangkok tomorrow and I'm be part of it and make my country proud and also UK proud you know Absolutely. I'm very um I got the um a very uh, two of the best role models one of the queens Elizabeth and one of my late king who passed away a few years ago they work hard for other people and they're self selfless and they um you know the queens before he she she passed away she still um did her duty to 
to welcome the you know harmonists at least. Yeah. That's a, some someone uh, I my I always look for and then when I feel demotivated <laughs> I look you know, look at the picture. I have her picture and my late queen's our late queen picture in my notebook. Oh, so wow. every time when I open my notebook I will see and and inspire me to to do even harder if I feel demotivated. That's amazing. And um, what what I what I would love you to do, and I'm just thinking thinking this now is you never know who is listening to this podcast, and you never know who's knows like or years I can put this podcast in front of. So what support are you looking for? What support do you need to help you to further what you are doing, to further the vision that you have? Um, if someone who listening, um, thinking I can help, you might, my business can help, my business model, CocoPay, to help them in businesses uh, using QR code payment or be part of um, our ecosystem to link with us and use us for the payments. Please let me know as well. And I, especially, I want to help churches or temples to get donation, um, or missionary who want to send money to the um, the what they call people who work in the in the missionary works in the in the field work in other countries. We would love to help as well and um, pay it forward. <laughs> I want to start my. My program called Pay It Forward, like um, in the restaurant or cafe, they can use a QR code payment, Coco Pay, and get p- people to pay it for their food and drink. You remember I told you before, yeah. and pay for someone else. Yeah. And we got the points that we give away. If you do that, we might give you the points and then collect the points to access to, in the future, you know, Metaverse, yeah. or maybe the points to go to Thailand and, you know, get this car for the ticket or something like that. Yeah. We're going to come up with uh, more ideas in the future. And the fundraising. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to support me as a fundraising, I'm, I'm doing fundraising. Um, hopefully, uh, when people listening to me, um, when you broadcast, I manage to raise fund for my CVAs. Which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. So how can people connect with you? Um, contact me on my LinkedIn. Yeah, search my name, Narissa, shall we do all? Or email me, Narissa, N-A-R-I-S-A, at cocopay.com. Perfect. And the, I love to hear de- from them as well. If they need more, you know, motivation. All, all those details will be in the show notes so people will be able to easily connect with you. I've loved our conversation. I absolutely love how selfless you are and how driven you are in a space that it's not always easy to to keep motivated and keep going, but you're clearly demonstrating that the strength of your vision is such that nothing's going to get in your way. So thank you very much for coming on today, sharing everything with us. And I look forward to following up with you in the not too distant future. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. It's my honor and pleasure to be here. And thanks you as well. You know, doing the podcast and uh, telling people about uh, women and money story is uh, amazing. Fantastic what you're doing. Thank you very much. appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now. 
and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.